Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And this is the fourth episode in my Human Designs Conversations series here on the Find Your Awesome podcast. We've been talking about people who are really, truly living their human design. We started with Lisa Wade Berry, a manifesting generator, then went on to Shirley Harvey, that was Harvey, excuse me, Shirley Harvey, a manifester, then Meg Haynes, a 3-5 projector. And today I'm bringing you a conversation with Angela Johnson, who's a 4-6 projector. In this conversation, we talk a lot about the whole idea of waiting for an invitation for a projector and projectors in business and how that can get you all tangled up, that idea of waiting for invitation. Hopefully we bring some clarity to that and just let you know more about what it's like flowing through life as a projector. Every single energy type is different. Every profile is different. And in fact, sometimes you're going to have more in common with somebody with the same profile as you than you will with someone with the same energy type. So listen up. Again, Angela is a four, six projector. She's magical. She's powerful. She's open. She's curious. She loves humans. And this conversation is pretty freaking powerful. Enjoy it. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Angela. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I love talking about projector stuff. I love talking about business. And anytime I can have a conversation with you, I'm in. So, <laughs> I, I mean, really, maybe this whole thing is just an excuse to re not rehash, but just like to reconnect with people that I love having conversations with and that I really want the world to know more about. Like, look over here, you guys. Look at this woman doing amazing things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me again. Mm, yeah, it's a pleasure. Now, we, so you're a projector mm -hmm. and also you're a projector with only two defined centers, your root and your spleen. I'm an MG with only two open centers, my Ajna and my crown. So we were just talking about, like, I'm asking you, what's it, what's it like? You know, and that's such a, um, it's a hard question to answer because it's like, I don't know what it's like to not be that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just who I am. But as I started really discovering human design, and, you know, my first experience and exposure to human design was not the greatest. And so it took a couple of years to kind of, un not kind of, to unwind that experience and to really sink into, oh, wow, these are my superpowers. And even though that maybe not the most positive experience with human design, it was also incredibly liberating because it was like, wow, my whole life now makes sense. This there there's a reason why these things have you know I've experienced these things or I feel the certain way I do or you know just this constant like not feeling included um, knowing that I have answers knowing that I see and just know things about situations or solutions or people or businesses or whatever it is but never necessarily being recognized so for those of you who are you know joining this conversation who are maybe new to human design um, I might be using some words you're like why are you using those words but being recognized being invited not being seen heard for those of you who are projector then you're like probably not in your head going oh yes you're speaking my language <laughs> so. seeing things like projectors really truly see the rest of us will see all humans you're a projector with a defined spleen too so like you're 
intuitive on top of intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. And I recall, actually, I go back to this experience I had in high school um, where I just knew certain things. And I, I can't remember if we even talked about this the other time you interviewed me on your show, but I just, I knew, I knew something that was happening with a friend, you know, mutual friend of ours. I was talking with a friend and I said, I think this is happening. There was some abuse in the, happening in the home. And, and she just looked at me and goes, what are you psychic? And she just had this really just kind of like disgusted look on her face of like, you can't be that, that's wrong. Like, you know, that kind of information only comes through God or prayer. That was really what I was being told. And I was like, well, I don't know how I know these things. Well, come to find out, yeah, there was horrendous abuse happening in the household. And, and I don't know how I knew it. You know, and so sometimes it's like, you know, things are like, oh, I really don't want to know this. Mm -hmm. And then other times it's like, no, I'm just being crazy. No, it's really not what it appears to be. Um, it's not even about what it appears to be. It's not what I sense because visually there's nothing happening. Like I'm just being judgmental or I'm just being super uptight about something or super high maintenance or, or whatever it is. And then, you know, something happens. I'm like, oh, damn it. I was right. This is not the greatest situation or the flip side of, you know, saying yes to something. It's like, this logically makes no sense. Why am I doing this? And then the most magical and things unfold. It's like, Oh, I knew there was something here. I'm so glad I gave it a shot. Mm, I love that. Yes. That's leaning into your powers once you're comfortable with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think recognizing that it's, it's, you're not just making this up. Yeah. Not just in your head. You're not just wishful thinking. And so to just trust that gut instinct, that knowing. And for me, it's that splenic, it's an instant knowing. Mm -hmm. And gosh, when I trust that and I honor it and I follow through and act on it, oh, ease, magic, flow, like things just work. And when I talk myself out of things or into things, even though my gut instinct is like, I don't know about this, Angela, <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Look, it's fine. And I'll list all the data, <laughs> you know, I'll do all the things. And he's like, it's not fine. <laughs> There's nothing fine about this. This yeah. is exhausting. Don't do it. <laughs> and so that splenic instinct comes instantly and it doesn't come back in. It's like a one-time shot that you get the the hit and then poof it's gone you know yes and no like i don't totally resonate that poof it's gone um because i think that if you're great at asking questions and and actually kind of like retracing your steps of like okay what was i experiencing what was i sensing like you can reflect back on it but i think it's harder to find it's not as clear you know, so it's because, it, you know, when I hear that, like, poop, it's gone. I think people who have, you know, are splenic authority, they're like, oh, great. If I didn't listen to the first time, I'm screwed. And it's like, no. And, you know, before we started, we clicked record. You know, this is one of the, the pieces of your design is nothing to be a victim about. Like, you're not victimized by your design. And so when I hear like, oh, I just, I guess I missed my shot. I knew, but I didn't. And then it's this whole drama, trauma, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, hold up, hold up. Like, we actually are a lot more, more powerful than that. Like, let's not be victimized by anything in our design. Yes, please, public service announcement. If you feel like your human design traps you, puts you in a cage, puts a label on you, makes it so you're not supposed to do things or you're not good at certain things or makes you feel icky in any way, please ask questions. Please. Yeah. Seek out help. Yeah. Something different. Cause I want 
And I totally believe that our human design should leave us feeling totally empowered and excited and seen. And like, we're not just given permission, but given like a, it's like given a medal for being ourselves. Yeah. 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 And when you think about if we're really tuning into our human design, it's that full expression. You know, my belief is that our souls knew, like we chose this. It's not like, oh, I just like got slapped on this, you know, this label slapped on me. It's like, well, I guess this is who I am in this life. You know, it's like, well, hold up again. It's like, we have choice in everything, right? We're infinite beings who choose our experiences and this is being one of them. Um, and so it's, I believe that, you know, that's just my own belief of like, oh, I totally chose this design. Totally chose. Like, even if it was just a fun game of like, oh, I wonder what I can create in this lifetime with these superpowers. Let's find out. And, and so that alone is such a reframe then, oh, well, you are just happy to be born at this time at this place and this, this place on the planet. You're just stuck with this, you know, all these weird shapes that's supposed to mean something. And the other thing that I find is that when people are really just living their life from an intuitive perspective, they've done a lot of soul exploration. The things that they've discovered are just simply, um, it's like human design is like the exclamation point, if I can say that word. It's not necessarily telling you any new information, but it's likely validating and confirming like, oh gosh, this makes so much sense. And it's this permission slip to really own that, acknowledge it, and use it even more instead of just by happenstance, like almost by accident, like, well, I don't really know how to do this. It's like it gives us some things that we can duplicate, we can expand upon, but it also shines a light in some of the shadows, mm-hmm. you know, and we're in this society where it's a lot of comparison of, you know, they built their business this way, you should do it this way, or they parent this way, or this is how they do relationship, or this is whatever, how they make money, whatever the thing is, how you eat, how you move your body, like all the things. And there's so much comparison that it's really easy to get caught up in all that comparison. And we can do a a dang good job of convincing ourselves to be a certain way and then wonder like, why am I so exhausted all the time? Yeah. It's really exhausting to fit yourself in in a, a way of being that is not inherently who you are. Yes. And I think there's... It's so much external chatter, mm-hmm. so much, so many people trying to tell us what to do mm-hmm. that like all of us, it, I think even the most grounded, confident person, at some point you start being like, should I try that? Like right. my being super stubborn, stuck mm-hmm. in my own ways and human design, I know for me was like, a, oh, I was right. <laughs> I'm not supposed to do it the way all those people are telling me to do it. I am supposed to do it this way. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so what is it for you about being a projector? Actually, first, what was that um, first negative human design experience for you? Yeah, so, you know, receiving a reading from someone where, um, and, I, and, I, and I really just also want to acknowledge, I was thinking about this last night, knowing that we were going to be talking today. Like, this is not about me blaming anyone, but I really want to acknowledge the courage that it takes to take a body of work and start teaching it when you're not, like, you don't know all the ins and outs of it yet, but you're doing your best. And I think about the first time I taught my intuitive marketing matrix, and it was a total train wreck. (laughs) Like, like what I had in my head and what got communicated and received were two different things. So, So kudos to start exactly where you are. And I really believe that this person and I had 
and have this soul contract of like whatever got activated, like it was perfect. So I just wanted to just share it from that context. But essentially what I remember from this session, and again, what I remember and what was, was said, maybe two different things. So I take a little accountability for that, but how I received the information was, well, marketing is just gonna be a lot harder for you because you have to wait for the invitation. And I internalized that to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to be that pushy salesperson out there. Cause I was already turned off by that gross marketing and sales style anyway. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, maybe. And so I internalized it. It became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I really struggled for a few years after that of my business. And I was, you know, making full-time living, you know, six figure business at the time. And it just got harder after that. And, and the thing about projectors is like, we don't have a whole lot of energy to be giving to things that are not working. And so I, I feel like that was a definitely a part of a path to what led me to burnout and where I started totally revamping my business, which was all beautiful and perfect. So of course it all happened for a reason. I'm super grateful. It took me some time to like have gratitude for that experience. Um, but that's what I internalized. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like there's nothing else that people got from our conversation for projectors. If you are being a victim and if you've been told that, or you think, oh, I just have to basically wait for the invitation before I can share my brilliance, I'm here to tell you that's absolutely not true. We have misinterpreted what yes. waiting for the invitation means, particularly with growing a business as an entrepreneur. Yeah, how do you understand it now? Well, and I was, you know, cause I, I actually attract a lot of projectors. I would say probably 30 to 40% of my clients are projectors. So that, you know, people come to me like, hey, how are you doing business because you're a projector and I've been told I need to wait, blah, blah, blah. And so I just, I asked, I, in a meditation, I was like, okay, how can I explain this? And here's, here's the, like the visual that I was shown in my, in my meditation is that when I get an idea, that is the universe's invitation to me. So an invitation does not necessarily have to be from one person to another. An invitation is that inspired idea because the universe is like, Hey, you, you're the one to create this. So here you go. And here are all the people, the resources, the ideas, the energy, whatever you need to make it happen, go and run with it. But where I'm, you know, I'm not the manifester, so I'm not just going to go out and make things happen. The projector in me is like, oh, this is a really great idea. I really love it. And again, because of I'm a splenic authority, it's this instant like, ooh, and it's expansive and it feels amazing. But when I hide it, when I don't share it with anyone, then all the the generator types who need something to respond to, they have nothing to respond to. So I'm waiting for invitations from generators who have nothing to respond to. <laughs> and you see how, like, like this is just a shit show. Yeah. And so, <laughs> You're so, like hiding in the corner with this bag of gold. And right. then all the generators and MGs are like, I don't see anything. So they're just like sitting around staring at nothing, like waiting for the show to start. Yeah. And then they'll go to someone else who's going to actually make it like say, Hey, I've got something, you know, and it's just like, so you take the inspiration of what do you want to create? What is that thing? Is it a, you know, content on social media, a book you want to write, like whatever it is and you share it and you share it without attachment and you share it. And from this place of, I got an inspiration. Huh? I wonder who's interested in this. And then you give all the generators, you know, 80, what is it? 80% of the population. Well, like 30 and 30. 
30 and 35 or something like that. Okay, so like, let's just say like over 50% of the population, now they actually have something to respond to. So they have a, a gut response or that like something to say yes or no to. And now they can extend the invitation of, and that invitation can sound like, hey, I would love to know more about XYZ. Can I book a call with you? You have an event coming up, tell me more about that. Like that's where this physical invitation comes in. And so I look at invitations as twofold. One is that energetic invitation. And if we don't do anything with those energetic invitations projectors, then that's really where we start feeling invisible, bitter, resentful, exhausted, and because it takes a lot of energy to, you know, even be willing to put this out there. And it's, you know, we put our heart and soul out there and it's like, oh, please see it. Please receive it. Please like it. You know, and it's like, we say we don't need validation. No, sometimes we do. <laughs> you know, we, we do need, so I'm going to say, I see that. And I would like more of it, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then it just generates these other invitations um, like the physical, when I say the physical invitations, you know, and when we look at someone liking our stuff on social media, and this is not from a vanity standpoint, but someone commenting or someone messaging us or someone sharing our content, those are all invitations, right? But we've mistaken an invitation is here. I want to pay you money for X, Y, Z. And it's like, wait, there are invitations that look a lot of different ways. Yeah. Sometimes you may receive like an embossed invitation, (laughs) but but most of the time that invitation is going to just be in the form of like, someone's going to be on your list Mm -hmm. or when they're already in your energy, that's an invitation. Mm -hmm. So you get to share all you want with everyone in social media. They chose to follow you. They've already invited you. Like they are, they're saying projector, show me your wisdom. I want to receive it. Yeah, yeah. There is um, a colleague of mine years ago, she used this analogy and it's, it applies to projectors, I think, so much. People just want to be seen and heard. You know, we've, we've heard this before. She said, but there's a difference between please see me and look at me. Mm. And yeah. so when you go into the shadow, what I call the shadow side of being a projector, it's a lot of proving energy. It's a lot of, I need validation. I need to prove that I am worthy to exist. I need to prove, you know, there's this proving energy that feels oftentimes needy, like unsolicited advice, um, you know, <laughs> actually projecting our stuff on other people. And so if we just flip that of, oh, I'm willing to be seen versus I need to pe- for people to look at me. I'm yeah. willing to be seen. And what we're really saying, in my experience anyway, is I'm willing to be received. Mm. And for a projector, like that is where the magic is. Like we have this wisdom to share. And when it's received by people, oh my gosh, it feels amazing. It's an incredible experience. So just that I think is really important. For everyone listening, we all have a little bit of every type in us. You just have a dominant type. So if you're an MG listening to this and you're like, oh my God, that resonates so deeply. Yeah, it's totally normal. Mm-hmm. That's like your your inner projector is like, yes. Mm-hmm. But I think of projectors as birds watching the rest of us. So you guys, like you have the bird's eye view of the world, mm-hmm. watching the rest of us like scramble around on the ground. And so for me, it feels like you're like, look up, just look up and see the the gifts like I can see it all and I so want to tell you about it but you have to be ready so when you're ready look up please 
Yes. I love how you said that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll share an experience I recently had, um, but two things that I think define, you know, when people are like, what is it like to be a projector? <laughs> and it's, you know, like there are a lot of misconceptions out there, but I recently, um, I, so I just said yes to going on a, a, a retreat, attending a retreat in Spain. So excited. And there was an application process and I know the person. And so, and I said, yeah, I'll be official. I'll fill out this application and just tell me the details, et cetera, et cetera. And so I got her email back and it said, here's the link, here's the agreement. Um, and you know, just a couple other details and I was sitting there and I was like, something feels off here. What is it? I like, I don't know. And I, and I said, Oh, and my reply back to her said, I think this is a projector in me, but I actually need to hear the words that I've been accepted and I'm invited to go to this because otherwise it's, and I could feel that old shadow side of like, does she even want me here? Do I really belong here? And all of like, all the anxiousness, you know, started kicking up and she knows me well enough. She knows, you know, one of her best friends is a projector. And I said, I like, that's what I actually need to hear. <laughs> as silly as that might sound to you. So then her reply back was congratulations in all caps. You've been accepted. I'm so excited to have you. And I just felt immediately like, oh, okay, I can be received in this space now. You know, you're also a four, six, right? Yes. So connection is everything. And as four, six is in our early life, I say our, cause I'm also a four, six, um, early on, we've got that three energy, which is a whole lot of trial and error for us. It's like a lot of trial and error around relationships. So we want to be friends with everyone early on. We want everyone to love us. And then after, you know, whenever you want to say after age 30, we stop wanting that. And, um, but we experience a lot of rejection early on. Mm -hmm. So four sixes tend to look like everything is awesome on the outside, but inside, if you reject us, um, we, that, that actually really hurts because, because that's like our, our soft gooey center. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. So there were a couple of things going there. Um, um, and then everything, like everything was great. Like it was just like, you know, and so another, another experience just for, if you are in a relationship with a projector, it's really important to invite them officially, even if you were married to that person. And so I'm sitting in our living room and I'm just on my laptop working on some stuff and the husband comes in he's like, Hey, let's go upstairs and watch a show. Like, what do you want to do tonight? And I just looked up at him and I said, I want you to invite me to go upstairs and watch a movie with you. And I was like, wow, I can hear how this can sound. And he kind of looks at me like, okay, would you like to go upstairs and watch a movie? <laughs> you know, and I said, yes. And it was like this little kid who just got a, a lollipop. I'm like, yes, I would love to do that. And that, that's when I talked with him and my husband's amazing. We have these great conversations. And he said, you know what I realized? I know that was kind of a weird thing for me to say. He's like, yeah, because like, why would I not want you to do that? I said, but I need to hear the words of an invitation. And, and so like we, you know, do date night every Tuesday. It's just kind of this assumed thing. But I realized that if it's just this assumed thing, or I have to do it out of obligation, or I'm just supposed to be there, but I'm not necessarily invited, then I like turn into this really insecure kind of weird person of like, they don't want me here. I should like, does he even love me? Like the craziness, you know, like just crazy shadow stuff. And, and I realized I said, I would, and I asked him, I said, I have a request. He's like, okay, let's hear it. <laughs> and I said, I would love to be invited on a date, like at least once a month by you. 
One, it feels really good. Like we've been together for 17 years. I said, there's something about when I hear the invitation and I receive that, it, it just, it lights me up. And we have these kind of conversations where it's like, even though it sounds crazy to him, he knows what it can create for me and therefore our relationship. And he's like, done and done. Yeah. Cause when you're lit up, who doesn't want to be with you? Yeah. Like then you're all juicy and fabulous and sparkly. And it just felt amazing. It felt amazing. And I, and, and I was kind of just second guessing myself, like, this is so stupid. I know, of course, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I, I actually am just going to make the request and, and see if this feels good. And it does. And so why not? So it feels awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I'm going to try and remember every time I'm communicating with you to use the word invite. <laughs> and with all my other projector friends, I have a lot of them. I really seem to have a thing for projectors. Yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> um, so you've been in business and specializing in marketing mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah. And you've got, you do it totally projector style. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, projector style. And then, you know, the, the system that I've created is really any style, any human design type can use it. Um, but for me, and this, in this whole, you know, just this really simple um, example that I shared before of like when I'm inspired with something, in fact, I'll show you my latest inspiration that worked out really well is my soul vision planner. And so I just got this idea. I was like, oh, I should create a planner and I should put my art in it. And I just saw it like it just in a flash. I'm like, oh, that'd be really fun. I'm going to do that. And there was no pressure. There was no, like, it was like, you know, if I'm the only person who gets this printed and uses it, awesome, because I actually really need this, this tool to grow my business. And, and so that was a great example of, I got the idea. It was like the flash of inspiration. I knew exactly how it was supposed to go. I took the time to create it. I shared it with a couple of people. They loved it. And, and in fact, one of the people, um, I was on in a call with her, we we're just doing a connection chat. And I said, I know the world doesn't need another planner, but this is my idea. She said, I'm going to stop you right there. The world does need another planner and needs your planner because you have a special, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I just remember going, wow. And so there was this validation, you know, the universe puts people in our lives to, to further the invitation. And I really took that as a, oh, this is the green light to really do this. And a week later, the planner was created. I had the first proof of my hand and the first print run of 125, it was still a small print run, sold out within two and a half weeks with very little marketing. And what was also fascinating about that is that I would say about 25 to 30% of the people who bought the first batch were new people. I have no idea how they found me. So people were sharing it. They were sharing it with their communities and online. And I was like, wow so this is what it feels like to be invited mm. i followed the universal and energetic invitation and i didn't have an attachment to well, i've got to sell this money and it means this if i sell this money it was just like this is really fun i wonder what can happen if i just play with this a little bit and it was incredible so that's an example of you know following the invitation that we receive energetically or from you know inspiration universe source whatever that looks like for you and actually taking action on it. But had I just kept it to myself, you know, in the corner, sucking my thumb, going, well, I'm waiting for the invitation. <laughs> Again, there's no one can, who can respond to, oh, tell me more about that, Angela. Yeah. 
actually do something with that first universal or energetic invitation. Yeah, you guys are supposed to create, create and share, create and share, create and share without any invitation, without even thinking about other people. Mm-hmm. Just create and share. And then the invitation comes in whenever you're changing the flow of energy. But like, you guys just keep creating and showing that. us your stuff. Yeah, I love that. Um, on a different note, when did you create this planner? Um, let's see. So it was right before Christmas of, of 2019. Okay, yeah. Do you, have you read Elizabeth Gilbert's, Gilbert's uh, Big Magic? Yes, it's one of, it's um, one of my favorite books. So you know when she talks about how an idea like it comes to can come to one person or come to two people at the same time uh-huh. yeah yeah the timing of that I think I got the I don't know we didn't I don't know if we actually knew each other at the time but uh-huh. I got the idea like at the same time and I love that you put it into practice I played around with it for like two months and then was just like no go be free <laughs> and if you're the one that caught that and made it just be magical I love it mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I, I love that you shared that because, you know, this is how creation works. This is how creativity works. And, and we get these downloads and ideas. And I love, you know, in Big Magic, she's like, it's like this, this source of energy. I think about like this bundle of molecules that wants to take physical form, like taps me on the shoulder, like, hey, do you want to play? And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm kind of busy right now. It's like, you know, it's, it's going to go find someone else in its own version of how it wants to be expressed through that person. Mm-hmm to you for everyone you know like we can all create create with that kind of magic and create with a um a kind of magic that leads you excited just to see it birthed into the world mm-hmm. knowing that it doesn't have to be birthed through you yes yes yeah and i think that was the other piece of you know if, if i just create this for me and i use it and it feels yummy mm-hmm. and it's fun to create there's something like that's okay that's okay. And, you know, and I think for entrepreneurs, we've not necessarily been given permission to create just for the sake of creating it. We are always like, well, what are you, what's your marketing plan and how are you going to monetize it? And what's your profit margin? And like, those are great questions to ask. And sometimes it can just completely rip the joy of just the pure act of creativity. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember. Are you a specific manifester or a non-specific manifester? Um, I don't know. Well, we can look it up after we're talking because okay. I don't see it on there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think, this, yeah, I feel, I feel strongly that it might be helpful for you to know that. You um, <laughs> may also know naturally. So specific manifestors are going to love specifics, um, strategy, five-year plans. All that stuff is going to feel super fun and playful. Non-specific manifestors, all that stuff is going to feel like being crushed in a cage. Mm. um yeah I'm a non-specific manifester (laughs) yeah 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 you know I can see myself almost in both but you know when people say what's your five-year plan you know I used to have a vision for that I used to have like I'm going to do this and now and I think and I don't know if this is you know human design necessarily or it's just like you know I'm 42 (laughs) um I just want to live my life and be really joyful and experience things. And I'm not chasing after goals anymore and not saying that I don't have high ambition for my life because I do, but I think there's a level of trust now that when I follow the joy, when I follow through on those inspirations, 
I could get, I get goosebumps when I think about it, like time and time again, the universe shows up in the most magnificent ways that I never could have predicted. So I have this plan and I see where I want to be in five years. It's more like 10 years, 20 years. Like I just have this very clear vision, but how it's going to happen, what it's exactly going to look like. I have no idea. Mm. You know, like I'm so willing for the universe to surprise and delight me. I'm excited. I love that. And I hope that's how we all live. I would guess that you're probably a specific manifester just because I have no idea Mm. when it comes to 10 years, 20 years, five years, one year, no clue. Um, Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, in the business world, like we're so it's ingrained, like you must have this, you know, year long marketing plan. And I, I, was listening to someone's podcast and they have their two-year marketing plan. They have content scheduled out for all of 2020. And I was like, whoa, like I, you know, and at first I was like, wow, I'd really love to be that organized. Totally went into self-judgment. And I was like, well, actually that doesn't allow any time for flexibility or any time for flow or like this retreat that I'm going on that was not part of my vision that it's like, I'm supposed to be there. I have to be there. This is super light and delicious to be there. And, oh, I've got to rearrange a couple you know, marketing tactics and launches because I'm not doing that stuff when I'm in Spain and Morocco, like I'm not going to do it. So, so it doesn't allow a whole lot of flexibility or inspiration. But then on the flip side, if there's so like, so loosey goosey, it's like that can have such a bad reputation, but, but what if that's the most magical way for us to create? And I know it is for me. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I can, I can tell you right now, anytime I have like come up with a marketing plan or any sort of plan, I've been faking it. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it because that's what everyone told me I had to do. So oh. I pretended to like, I would struggle through it. Like anytime I made up a five-year vision, I totally bullshitted my way through that. Mm-hmm. Like I never, never saw it, never felt it. I was like, okay, I think this is what I'm supposed to write. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so for those of you who can relate with, you know, with um, like that, faking a marketing plan, the most, um, I guess, liberating marketing plan is what wants to be created through me today? Mm. Ask yourself that question and follow the inspiration. That's plan done and done. (laughs) That is mine currently. And, uh, last week it led me to coloring. Mm. I kept, I kept asking, do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Do I want, I have this whole list, like I'm revamping my website, all these ideas that I really want to work on. But at the time they were all no's until I got to, do I want to color an octopus? Yes. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so intuitive marketing. I want to talk more about that. And I also just want to say in response to your creating your planner, I love, I love the trust, not just in the universe, but there's also trust in like that. The ideas are always going to be there. Mm. Look at that. What it was out in the world in like a week. You said, I mean, I had the idea and then I, it got created in a week and I had like the proof in my hand, you know, within. Yeah. And how long until people were actually paying you for it? Well, I pre-sold it. <laughs> okay. So, so it for like, anyone, the process was magical. Like I got paid to create something. <laughs> if anyone needs a reminder that things can change for the better in an instant, this is it. Mm. I think we tend to think. Well, people often say everything can change in a second. 
but they mean it in a negative way. They mean like, as in you can get hit by a bus right now. <laughs> yeah. And that is true. And everything can change for the better in yes. that same instance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because, um, you know, the planner, actually the creation of the planner was such a magical experience because 2019 was not the greatest year for me. Like it was a lot of like some mental wellness stuff happening and, and just really questioning like, gosh, what do I want to do? And how do I want to do it? And, you know, and it, it didn't make sense. It kind of just out of the blue showed up because, you know, I had clients and programs were running and, and things. And it was just like, why am I feeling this way? And so this, this burst of creativity and then to re- have it be so well received and the rave reviews I'm getting. It was like, I don't want to be that person who relies on validation and it feels really good to be seen and received. It's like, oh, wow. And it shifted so much, so much. It's been, it's just been incredible. And so it's, it's, uh, and I also see that, yeah, there is no shortage of ideas. Like, I'm like, oh, what wants to be created next? And then actually having to have a little bit of discipline of like, okay, let's, we can't do everything all now because nothing will get done, you know? So let's just choose one thing and then I can, you know, dabble around and, and work on some things at the same time. But like, let's just focus our energy just a little bit. <laughs> there is a gate and I can't think of the number of it right now. It's one in the root that's, um, it's like the gate of starting. Mm. The of, it's the gate of, um, I want to do it right now. Like every idea that comes in is a now. Yep. Yep. I probably have that because it sounds so familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around not doing something when I have an idea. Mm-hmm. It has to kind of like fizzle out. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. And it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So now intuitive marketing, what does that mean? Yeah. How is it different? What's your... Yeah. How, how are you different? Yeah. Well, intuitive marketing is really actually showing people how to use the power of expansive questions to create growth in their life and their business. And so a lot of marketing is taught mostly a lot of marketing is taught for, you know, manifestors, (laughs) manifesting generators. Like it's like, do this, do it this way. One size fits all. And so this is even beyond, you know, human design conversation for those of us who are like, I don't fit in that box, but it's really convincing because, well, they just made seven figures or they just had a hundred thousand dollar launch or they are doing this. And so it's like, maybe it'll work for me too. And so we put on the itchy coat and we're like, no, it's going to feel better if I just wear it a little bit longer, it's going to be fine. And in the meantime, we're like in this wool itchy coat that's like, we're sweltering. It doesn't fit. It's not comfortable. We can't lift up our arms. We're like, no, but this is what they told me looks good this is what I'm supposed to do. And so we start trying on all these marketing strategies the same way of like, oh, we've got to do telesummit and invite 21 speakers who all have an email list of 5,000 people because that's what you do. And then it's like, well, wait, did we even ask a question around this? Did we even tune in and check in and go, but is this what I want to do? Is this what my business wants? So the, the, the foundation of intuitive marketing is that everything is energy, energy is everything. And I believe, and I use this language of our business has a soul. So in Big Magic, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, she doesn't necessarily use those words, but it's like this, the book that wants to be written or the poem that wants to be created or the, the app that wants to be created, whatever it is, it has its own energy. It's almost like it has its own voice. And so if we actually commune 
and connect and communicate with our business of, hey business, what would you like to create with me today? And asking what I call expansive questions and expansive questions They've been around for a long time, you know, where Montessori kids are taught to question things and use their curiosity. And we can see that kids ask how many questions, you know, thousands of questions in a day. Like I have a three-year-old nephew that his question is why, you know, Richard, my husband, where's Richard? He's at work. Why? And I was like, that's a great question. Cause um, you know, this, well, why, <laughs> why? And it's like, Oh, okay. And so why questions are not necessarily the most expansive question. They're very kind of a circular argument type of question. But let me give you an example of, you know, we talked about one earlier, but what wants to be created through me today? And so if we were to ask that question before we started writing content, writing newsletters, um, planning out content for an event, a retreat, or a workshop, rather than sticking yourselves in this box of this is what you need to do, this is how you do it. And meanwhile, our essence the very thing that people are attracted to gets squashed out through the formula, right? Just gets diluted completely. So asking questions like, so in the, in the planner, I'll just flip to a page and give you an example. Um, what bold choice can I make to create what I truly desire? So every month there's a question that you draw, you draw it out, you write it out of like, what question does this invoke and just see what comes, comes to you. And so we, we can ask ourselves these questions about marketing, about launch dates, about pricing, about how many months to run a program, about how many people to have in a program. Like one of my favorite things to do when I'm planning an event, I love live events, love creating live experiences, is, you know, and I've run live events, I've had 600 people in an event, I've had 10 people, like I've done a lot of different live events of, you know, talking with the event of what would you like people to experience when they come into this room with us? As if you're talking to a business partner, which your business and things you create, I look at those, these are all partnerships, right? How many people would you like to have? What price point would you like to be? And, you know, and people say, gosh, I don't really know if I, I jive with the, like my business as a soul or whatever. I'm like, hey, great. What if you're just asking your higher self? And then I have clients who are Christian who love to pray, like, great. Then you're asking these questions to God and you're allowing that inspiration. Like, it doesn't matter what label you want to put on this but what we're doing is we're accessing beyond just our brain and we're accessing beyond this programming that we have been taught this is how you should run a business this is how you should have a relationship this is how you should be healthy but we don't ask our bodies how it wants to eat or how it wants to move we don't ask our business what it would like to co-create with us we don't ask the book, you know, that wants to be written, you know, what, what, what could this look like? And this is, you know, the, 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 the not <laughs> where I see people take this and take it totally out of context is like, well, I don't need any help. I'm just going to ask my business. I'm just going to ask, you know, my higher self. And I, you know, and so they, they actually take that super willingness to ask questions and be inspired. And they actually create being non -co not coachable and not actually receiving any support, guidance, wisdom, or strategy from someone who's been there. So the hybrid, the beautiful part is when you are trusting yourself. What this is doing is just actually restoring that self-trust that has been you know, diluted, squashed down, and robbed from you since pretty much you came out of the womb. Because there's always someone who knows better, whether it's your parent, the doctor, the educator, the judge, the president, the whoever, whatever. But most of us aren't taught of what do you know? Okay, let's trust that. And for you and me, 
those questions help us. We're not going to find any answers in our heads. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at both of our human design charts, mm-hmm. neither of us have any energy in the head, the Ajna or the crown. Mm-hmm. So let's stay out of there. Mm-hmm. And for you, that answer is in your spleen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it could be in a few different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one thing I also want to say, you know, with these open-ended questions, and I need to get that that's like my splenic, like I immediately, usually immediately like have some awareness. Sometimes I'll ask a question like, hmm, you know, what time of year would I like to host a retreat? Would I like to host a retreat? How many days? Sometimes I'll get immediate clarity, but what will often happen is things will just show up in my life over the next few weeks that puts all the puzzle together. I'm like, oh, but I have a client, she's a generator. And, and when I ask her open-ended questions, she's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And so we have to be specific of like, okay, let's run through some yes, some things you can say yes and no to mm-hmm. rather than an open-ended question. And then she's like, oh, this. And so when I asked my you know, planner, like how much did, what, did it want to be sold for? I immediately knew. And when I asked her pricing, she's like, oh, I don't know. I said, okay, so let's test this. Is it zero to hundred dollars? 101 to $200. We actually go through some ranges and she can feel her body go, oh, that one. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so when I give some of these examples, I have to remember that not everyone is great with open-ended questions. And so to to put some parameters around it, give yourself a scale. You know, if it's, you know, figuring out, so like people ask questions like, well, what email system should I use? Or what day of the week should I send my emails? And I'm like, who cares? Yeah really (laughs) what does your business want like actually you know if you're going to choose software for a business ask your business what it requires to grow Mm -hmm. like tune into it and yes look at the features look and make sure it's a system that feels good but we want this exact right answer and again we're just giving our authority to someone else and it's like let's actually ask a question (laughs) and just trust yourself with it because at the end of the day if your email goes out on tuesday or thursday does it matter? But if you're spending all this time like trying to get it right versus putting out content consistently so people can find you, pretty sure consistency is better than what day of the week you send it out on. I'm pretty sure most people don't know what day of the week they receive an email. Yeah. You know, and some people are like, every Sunday I get this. It's like, okay, great. If that feels so great for you to have that kind of regimen, I applaud you. I, I have tried to do that. Like every Tuesday, I'm going to do this. It doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, and I used to beat myself up over that a lot. I was like, I need to be more disciplined. <laughs> it's like, what if I actually created systems in my business that work for the way that my energy works? Yes. There's a novel idea. Yeah. So actually let's talk about that with you being a projector and projectors. So some people may hear it. Projectors aren't really supposed to work, (laughs) but it's that the time you spend sharing, teaching, guiding, Mm -hmm. that is going to be like two to three hours a day. The rest of the time you're creating, you're building wisdom, you're resting, you're playing, you're doing whatever you want. How does that work for you? Well, okay. Uh, let me see if I can. I'm going to show you a, 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 a screen share. <laughs> if I can say the word, let me pull it up. I'll tell you the thing that I just did in my business that makes me so freaking happy. And, and it's along the same lines. Okay. 
and it's so simple, but I'm like, I think I cracked the code for schedules for projectors. I had that thought this morning. Um, whoops, I'm not recording, I'm sharing, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so this beautiful yellow is creative time and I have now blocked out the last week of every month, the rest of the year that I don't do, I don't do things. <laughs> Yes. This is my creative time. This is when I have uninterrupted blocks of time. Like it feels incredible. And so the same thing. So every Friday it says off and it's in purple because purple is my color date night with honey every single Tuesday, you know, like, so I, for a person who doesn't love a lot of structure, my calendar is my happy place. Yes. Look at all that. Yeah. And it just feels so expansive to me. Like, oh, like there's space. And that is the thing that was missing in my life and my business for a long time. I glorified being busy and, and I get that I was just on the wrong track of my business, but I was so, my schedule was so full. I totally crashed and burned. And this is back in 2012. Like my burnout is real. Like adrenal fatigue is real. Like it was not a fun time. And so when I have space in my calendar, that is when I get more done, but I have to have enough structure that it's not like, you know, binge watch Netflix for two days. Like sometimes that's actually really productive for me, you know? Um, but I just know that like, I'll look at my calendar and it's like, if I have three clients in a day, then I will put, you know, block the rest of the time and put nothing in it. And my team knows, nope, I don't have the capacity to give anything more. But if I go to my studio to paint or if I write, or if I go outside, I'm still creating but it's not necessarily the service delivery. And yeah. that's really, really important distinction to make. And I even look back, gosh, when I was working in corporate, just going, man, no wonder, no wonder that was not my gig. No wonder I could not like stay with a job for more than two years. Like it all makes sense now. And again, for so many years, I judged myself and was judged for like, you're not very dedicated to your career. You need to be more serious. You need to just stick it out. You can't just love everything all the time. I'd be like, why not? What's the point of life? <laughs> if, if we're just going to suffer through it, like who signed me up for this crap shoot? Like no way. <laughs> exactly. And it's interesting because um, I see your spaciousness as a projector and also as a four, six thing. Cause I'm the same way. If I've got three clients in a day, Oh, that's actually absolute max. Mm -hmm. And yes, everything around that gets spacious because as four sixes, we go deep real fast. Like it's all we know how to do. Yeah. And then that, that can be exhausting. Mm -hmm. Like we just, we connect so intensely with people that we need a break after that. I think early on in my coaching career, I tried like five clients one day. I tried it once. It was an absolute disaster. Like I couldn't have a conversation with my husband at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Well, and it leaves no time to get creative. It leaves no time to, it, it puts us into this, just, I'm just going to respond to my schedule mode instead of I'm going to consciously create my life mode. Exactly. And that is problematic. And, you know, and I saw myself just, you know, and I would have day after day of, you know, five, seven clients a day. 
And, and I was following the model that I was taught in the coaching world of like, you build, you know, high end mastermind, you have 12 clients and then you build a second group and then you build a lever sort of leverage group. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is the way to seven figures. Let me just put on my good girl shoes and just like, let's do this. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot something here. Like nobody actually asked me if this is the business model I wanted. It's kind of an important question. <laughs> kind Listen, of important. I asked you if you were having fun. Yeah. Like, do you actually enjoy this? You know, and I, I recall actually right as I was kind of exiting down to this guru marketing uh, coachy world, I asked my coach at the time, I said, you know, I see you going on vacation. I see some other people like they're going on vacation, like they're doing things. And when am I going to be able to do that? She said, you've got to work really hard for a few years and then you can do that. And then she said, and what no one's showing you is how hard they're working all the time so they can make that happen. And I just remember going, oh, like, wow, like I traded in one rat race for another. And wait a minute, the whole reason I started this is I wanted to be more joyful and fulfilled and, and profitable. And you're telling me that that basically is not possible for a few years. So this whole, another system in my life that was just telling me to delay joy, like just delay joy, like put it on layaway. Hopefully someday you can go pick it up, you know? And I was like, oh no, like I'm not doing that. Oh yeah. Hell no. Um, Angela, is there anything that I haven't asked you or anything that you absolutely positively want to share about your human design projector, open centers, four, six, anything? Just for fellow projectors, just, we mentioned this, but I just want to really reiterate this. If you are feeling victimized by, I can't share what I'm, you know, what I'm so excited about because I haven't received invitation. I really want to challenge you on that because here's what I know for sure is that the brilliance that you are hiding from the world does not serve anyone, including your bank account. And it's really, if it's, it's stifling, it's stifling. Like you have to get these ideas out of you. And even if they don't go well, even if they flop, even if someone says it was a horrible idea, it, it actually opens up the space within you to receive more energetic invitations. But if it, it's like hoarding, you know, like you go into someone's house, if they're a hoarder and they're like holding on everything or we hoard money or like, and it's based in this scarcity and this lack of, it's never going to come around again. Like, I don't know if I can ever do this again. And it's like, that's not true. And so when you are sharing ideas, when you're sharing this in a way that feels authentic for you, and, and when I say authentic for you, it doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable. Like when I released the planner, like, I mean, I would like anxiety, <laughs> you know, my husband came home from days like, or from work one day, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I just shipped out the first set of the planners. And he's like, wow, that's so cool. And I'm like, oh and I can even go back there, like how I'm feeling now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope people think that it's as great as I do. And what if they hate it? And I was like, just bracing myself like waiting for people to hate it. And, and it was just, you know, that's kind of just an anxiousness thing, you know, but it was like, wow, when we share what came so easily, that was so fun to create, we share it with people, it's a little uncomfortable. And it was still aligned and it was still authentic and it was still expansive. And so I had to look for those clues that my body and my being were giving me of like, yes, keep going because that temporary anxiety or the doubt or whatever it is, like that's, that's not what's real, you know? So 
being in alignment with our, our purpose, our human design, expression, whatever that is, is just not going to feel comfortable all the time. So, so to share your ideas more. Mm. And you guys are here to guide us. Yeah. You're here to tweak systems that already exist, make things better, make them more efficient, make them more understandable, whatever it is. We need you to guide us, please. Yeah, and that's the other piece too, is if you know you're in a type of business where you're not doing any guiding, but you're you're like the worker bee, you know, that you're like implementing the systems or you're doing that kind of thing, and that's draining for you, consider that it's it's maybe not the best path for your expression. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so also that you know, that's another piece is to actually get more comfortable with not doing all the things, but just see, overseeing that they get done. Yeah. So I had a lot of guilt and I still sometimes do of like, man, I could totally do that. I, you know, I can do that and I can see how it needs to be done, but it doesn't mean that I'm the one who has to be doing it. And so systems, procedures, finding people that you work really well with and that you've got to stop micromanaging. I've got to stop micromanaging. I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I'm like, step back and allow yourself to guide. But if you have your hands in all the pots, it's not going to be the best expression for you right and you guys need to manage your energy you've got you especially with a projector with a defined root you still don't have a defined sacral but you can act like you do and try acting like a generator acting like you've got this engine but really you've got a rechargeable battery yes yes Exactly. Yeah. And that's another piece too, is, you know, my days, they don't start like client work. It doesn't start till 10 AM, usually noon. Um, and I don't work with a ton of one-on-one clients, but I look for places where I can leverage my knowledge. I love teaching, facilitating, guiding. That's why hosting events and retreats. It's like, I can see all the moving pieces. And I know I walk into the room and I can see like, oh, this is what we need to do now. This is what's next. And, you know, and this is just, again, one more thing that it's like for years, I beat myself up, you know, because if you have a three day event, you're supposed to print this really lovely workbook with worksheets and exactly what you're doing every day. <laughs> and, you know, two days before the event, 200 people are going to show up and I'm trying to get the damn thing printed. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to teach on day two. I have no idea, but I need to have something that sounds good. And then I'm like inventing things and then going into the event going, Oh, but the energy isn't here. So we're just going to completely throw the schedule out the window and actually do what's going to serve everyone in this room. And it would make my event manager at the time crazy because she's like, I can't, I I don't know how to work with you. But then we started working a system. I'm like, it's just the way I work. And now like, I don't have workbooks. Mm-hmm. here's a beautiful notebook and some markers <laughs> and post-it notes. And yes, you were going to walk away with these things, but we're going to trust the process and we're going to meet what's actually happening in the room because that is what's going to help everyone. And that took a lot of trust and a lot of letting go of comparison of I'm not going to have the fancy binders, you know, with the preset schedule, like that kind of stuff drives me crazy. And it's not the way I create. You know, so giving myself full permission to do this. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm sensing that people listening to this are like, well, that's not very responsible. Or how are you supposed to market something that you don't know really what you're going to teach until you're doing it? I'm like, it's a great question. You know? <laughs> so you start with some general themes, you deliver on those promises, but it's a very different approach. And it really is about trusting the process. And when you do that, the money shows up, the clients show up, you create brilliant, beautiful programs, 
that people want and they, they refer to people because you're honoring the energy, you're honoring the way that it works for you. Mm. That resonates so deeply with me. Mm. Yeah. The expansiveness in me sees and honors and loves <laughs> the expansiveness in you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Angela, where can people learn more about you, buy your planner, um, go to your live events? Yeah, so AngelaJohnson.com, it's Angela Two L's is the best, um, best place. And there's also, let me pull up, there's a link. So I'm actually creating a projectors, uh, marketing for projectors course. I'm inviting some other projectors who have businesses who are successful, like, hey, this is how we do this as a projector. Also inviting some other human design experts who are going to be talking about this. And it's not about putting them in a box, but it's just about shining the light on, hey, here are your superpowers. Here's how to use them. So let me find that link really quick. It is bit.ly uh, bit.ly forward slash projector waitlist. So this is actually going to be happening in May of 2020. And so you can join the waitlist when that gets announced. But I'm super excited about that because, you know, these are a lot of the questions I get from other projectors or other human design experts. Like, hey, how are you, how can I work with my projector clients better? You know, and so if you're a projector in, you know, large programs, this is where I found myself stuck. And it's like, you're getting a lot of strategy that's just not designed for you. Like, it's just, you can try to make it work, but you will pay the price somewhere, usually in your health. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. And projectors, you guys are light beings. You need to be light. Yeah. You need to take care of your health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, did you tell us where to buy, buy your planner? Oh, so yeah, just at my website, AngelaJohnson.com. It's all right there too. And your artwork, you sh share that on Instagram a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I share that and it's, um, it's becoming more and more part of my life and um, it's been amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was another, you know, energetic invitation of moving into a house and going, gosh, I have this really large wall. I need a really great piece of large art. I'm like, huh, I should make something. And then I'm like, well, that's weird. I don't really paint. I don't really do this. But I'm like, well, actually I do. I just haven't done it for a couple of decades. Cause I told myself, no, that's not, so, that's not going to make you money. Oh, so yeah, it was really interesting. Um, how that's been shifting too. So mm, I love that. And I feel like your planner was a big invitation for you to lead with your art. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You are such a bright, high-flying projector, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your energy and your lessons with us today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation to do that and for just being the space that you be so naturally to help people shine. It's just, it's brilliant. I'm so glad I was thinking about how we got connected originally. It's like, wow, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting so always love conversations with you thank you so much for what you do me too thank you all right you guys that was angela a four six projector and pure magic i hope you enjoyed that conversation and if you did please share it all over the place and please shout out to Angela and to me on social media. Angela just gave you her handles. I am Kelsey Abbott CPC on Instagram. 
Also, if you're interested in getting your very own human design reading to make some sense of your chart, please go to kelseyabbott.com slash human design to schedule your reading. If you're interested in supporting the Find Your Awesome podcast financially, I would really appreciate that. And you can do that at patreon.com slash kelseyabbott. All right, that's it. Go forth, be you, please be you. I love you, go do it.